Welcome to Creating a Buzz About Health podcast with Paula Carnell. Hello, welcome to my latest episode of Creating a Buzz About Health. Now, today is one of those episodes that I could talk for hours about, but I know it's really important to keep it simple and basic. So I'm going to talk about immunity. I'm going to talk about immunity for bees, but also the similarities with humans. And at the beginning of the year, it's a time when a lot of people get ill, people have flu, they have colds, um, and we can all be feeling run down as well. So I just want to talk about how do the bees cope with this? Why are bees suffering with immunity? Why are humans suffering with immunity? And what can we do to help it? So first of all, um, if I talk about bees, now bees... They are an individual being. Each bee has its own immune system. It has, you know, it has its stomach, it has its honey crop, it has a nervous system. However, it is also part of a super organism. So the one being is made up of between 10 and 50 or 60,000 bees. That's what makes up the hive. And so Bees have adapted to have a community immune system and their immune system is actually the propolis. It's propolis, the defender of the city. That's the origin origins of the word propolis from Greek. So pro is the first defense and polis is city. So the propolis is the first defense. And if we look at how bees live, they actually will line the interior of their colony, of their hive, of their living space, whether it's in a tree cavity, in a roof space, or in a, in a box, and they'll line it with propolis. And propolis is made of the resins they collect from trees and plants. They mix it with pollen and with their own enzymes, and they make this sort of tacky substance, um, like a glue. And they can coat it all the way around the inside of their hive. So whenever you um, open a hive, you'll find that there's propolis in there. What I really love is if you look at a log hive and as the colony build down, they'll build their wax comb and around the outside or the, the interior of the fret of the hive, they will actually coat it with this bright orange or brown or even greeny sometimes propolis. And that's defending them. So how does that work? Well, propolis has incredible properties. It's antibacterial, it's anti-inflammatory, it's antiviral, antiseptic, antibiotic. So this substance is a real army. It's this battle so that when anything comes into the hive to affect the bee's well-being, the propolis can attack it. Now, it is actually a physical defense. So the bees will line the hive, they'll they'll use a sort of propolis curtain for their entrance, they'll actually have propolis on vents, so if you've got um, a mesh or a vent anywhere on the hive, the bees will coat it with propolis so that even the air coming into the hive is coming through the propolis to clean it. And we can get that benefit if we have a vent on a hive and you fit it with a hive air system, you can actually breathe in the hive air with that propolis in, which will actually boost our immune system. So the bees are defending their hive. 
And this enables them to have healthy lives. Now, if something comes into the hive, say a mouse or a wasp or, um, you know, any kind of bugs that are not clean and not something the bees want, they will actually kill it either by biting, chewing or stinging. And then they will coat it in propolis. They will embalm it so that all the pathogens inside the rotting or decaying being will just be sealed. They'll be sealed with the propolis. So one of the first things about human health and how it relates to bees is if we take propolis, what propolis actually does is it seals the, the um, pathogens. It will actually seal them so they can't replicate. So that's one of the most amazing things about propolis and one of the best gifts from the hive. So quite often when I'm helping clients and they want to have bees and they're thinking about, um, you know, what products they can get from the hive and how much money they can get from that. One of the products I think is the most valuable is actually propolis. And if you harvest it carefully, you're not affecting the bees, not in quite the same scale as if you were to take all of the honey. Now, the honey will also have traces of propolis in it, and the bees will line each cell, each wax cell in the hive with a fine coating of propolis to sterilize it. So that when the queen lays an egg in there, as that egg grows, as the larvae grows, it's actually got a propolis cell. Now, something that is really important to understand with beekeeping and how beekeeping has affected the health and the immunity of bees, is because propolis is very sticky, it sticks the hive together. And there's been a practice of breeding bees who don't produce propolis. And the reason for this is that it then means that the hive can be easily opened and the honey can easily be extracted. Because if you allow your bees to make propolis, and we've had hives like this, where you, if you leave it too long, you open up the lid and all the frames are stuck together and you really struggle to actually lift out a frame of honey. Now, this is fine in the brood box because although you won't be able to in inspect it, you know that your bees are healthy and they're going to be well protected. But what will happen is just to try and lift it out with the propolis on, it can, the propolis can be stronger than the wooden frames. So you could be levering out the top of the, the frame with the honey on or the um, or the brood, and what will happen is that the frame will come apart. So when you're making frames, if you've got bees that you are allowing to collect propolis, then you've really got to make sure that you've got very well-made frames so that when you're levering them out and breaking the propolis seal and lifting out the frames, the frames aren't going to collapse. So that's the main thing that we need to know. Now, if bees have not got the propolis, it's in effect likening the propolis to skin. Now, one of our immune systems or our immune defenses is our skin. Our skin has antibacterial properties. Um, and when we are first exposed to a pathogen, one of the first defenses is our skin. Our skin is really tough. Our skin, you may have noticed, produces oils and those oils lubricate the skin. And oil is, is quite a good barrier. Now, quite a lot of the chemicals that humans are using, be it shower gel, shampoos, um, perfumes, they have chemicals in them that break the oil down. They break down that seal. So they're weakening our immune system. 
So that's something to just bear in mind with how you're living and how are you treating your natural immune system and your skin. So this is why often just washing with water is absolutely fine. And that's what I do. I, I only wash with water. And the only creams I use are completely natural, you know, really, really natural. And my favorite cream, which I tend to either use in, in the winter if I get dry skin, but I don't have a, a real problem with that anymore. But it is a propolis, um, a propolis based cream. And I will also use a propolis cream in the summer because the propolis actually um, works as a, a skin, a sun barrier as well. So it really helps. It gives you a bit of an orangey glow, but that's fine. So that's how I will use the propolis for me. Now, with the human immune system, we have our skin, but our first defense is our nose and our mouth. So when we're breathing in air, that there's all filters in our um, in our nostrils, which actually keeps anything at bay. But also as the air or as anything comes into our body, it will then be joined by our throat. So it's mouth or throat. And that's our first line of defense. That's where our antibodies will be living to start with. And the antibodies are cells that are looking for pathogens. They're like our, our inbuilt army. And the moment they see anything that shouldn't be in our body, they will attack it. However, these cells, first of all, they've got to be present and they've got to be healthy. And so a lot of times when people get sick, they're not realizing the importance of our immune system. And we we bandy around the phrase about, oh, my immune system's broken or it's defective or it's not effective or it's not working as well as it should. But we're not really understanding why or how it works. So by having your mouth and your nose as your first defense, you have these um, you have glands here in your neck. Um, and you have your thymus as well. And you have this whole lymph system that goes throughout your body that transports the white blood cells or the immune um, system blood um, cells. Now, these immune cells, they are your army, but they need to be strong, just like any physical army. If they're not fed well, if they're not rested, if they're not in a sufficient number, then they cannot overcome their enemies. And what we're facing with today is humans who are not understanding about the importance of supporting an immune system, not knowing what an immune system is and not knowing how it's getting so broken. So there's many things happening is you have this army, this inbuilt army, but they've got to be strong and healthy. So we need to be feeding things, them things that keep them strong and healthy. Now, I've talked about this before, about how everything, and particularly bees, is all about frequency and vibration. And all the cells in your body, they're also resonating. They have a frequency. And what you want is a really strong, vibrant, high-energy immune cell. Because just the frequency of that, the energy it emits, will be enough to defeat many pathogens. It will really be so strong that the pathogens will go, I can't go anywhere near that. Just like if you saw somebody who's really healthy, really strong, you know, really high vibration, you're not going to want to go up and kick them in the shins because you know they're going to kick you back stronger. So your cells are the same. Think about having a really strong, healthy cell that can combat anything. 
Now, if your cell is not that, if it's just normal, if it's just, you know, ticking along and not looking like a big impactful cell, then your pathogens are going to think, mm, we might have a chance here. Let's have a go. Now, there's all kinds of information and communication that's going on between cells. And what happens is that when a pathogen can attack one of your immune cells, it will absorb information. It starts to get inside intel on how your body functions. It will understand the weaknesses. And when it understands those weaknesses, the, the baddies, the pathogens can replicate and just go for them. They will just be kicking you in the shins if that's your weak spot. So we really need to ensure that our immune cells are strong. We need to ensure that they're being produced. We need to ensure that they're strong and that they're being fed. Now, energy is light. And what we need is lots of light. Something that I was reading about, um, which I found particularly interesting, and the reason why I'm sharing this immune issue or this immune um, episode this month in January, is its relationship to grief. Now, there have been studies about when people are um, bereaved, that there is a high chance of them dying shortly after. And it's often been put down to a broken heart. And it's just where, you know, people are bereft. And if someone's been living in a partnership for a long time, then it does make sense that the thought of carrying on without that loved one is, is seems impossible. And so there is quite a high incidence of, of death of people once they've been bereaved and quite soon. But this decreases over time. Once people um, get back on their feet or find a new purpose, then they can carry on. So the question is, why is there this broken heart syndrome? Is it a broken heart or could it be the immune system? Now, we do know that if you're not feeding yourself, if you're not sleeping, if you're not looking after yourself, your whole body is going to get run down, including your immune system. So that's something that is very common. When somebody is going through extreme grief, they're not going to be nurturing themselves with good food. They're not going to be sleeping. They're not going to be getting lots of fresh air. Something I find really, really interesting is this connection between light and depression. And I've been learning a lot recently about the importance of sleep and the importance of getting outside. And as we're in the depths of winter and as the winter months are often when our loved ones pass away, you know, particularly the elderly, they've been hanging on till Christmas or they've been hanging on. And then just the cold weather is just just too much. And then they will pass. But we know that depression is increased if people are not getting enough sunlight. We have SAD, we have seasonal affected um, disorder. So it's where people are not getting enough sunshine and they become clinically and physically depressed. Now, our circadian rhythms are what help us sleep. So if you get enough sunshine and daylight, then your body knows when it's daylight. And then when it gets dark, it knows it needs to sleep. And when you're sleeping in darkness, your body is repairing itself. It's when the immune system can get to work. Now, what we're doing is we are working against the natural system. We're trying to stay awake late when it's dark. So it's fine in the summer. You can do a, a 12 or 15 hour day because it's daylight and then it's dark and then, you know, you can go to sleep and you'll, you'll sleep because you're tired because you've been on the go all the time. 
But also in that daylight, because it's light, you're receiving and you're absorbing lots of light. So your body knows it's daytime and then it knows the alternative when it's nighttime. But what we tend to do now is we have computers, we have telephones, we have televisions, we have all these devices that are emitting blue lights and bright lights that our body hasn't adapted to. And it's quite common now for people to go to bed with their phone, go to bed with a television, go to bed with a computer even. And so right before you turn it off, you're being exposed to what the body thinks is daytime. And then it's very hard for the body to switch off and revert back to night. Now, apparently, even the little glow from the um, standby switch on your television or on your, your clock, you might have a bedside digital clock, that glow is enough to stop your body going into deep sleep. So this is why eye masks are so good and why it's good to have blackout blinds. You know, we need to have that darkness to really heal our bodies. So it makes sense that with bereavement, you'll be becoming sad or becoming depressed because you're probably not going out and getting fresh air. You're probably not having the sunshine. You're not eating the foods that are rich in the chlorophyll that we need to, to lighten our cells, to give them this fuel. And so I think there's a real connection between bereavement, between sad, between depression, and it's linked to our lifestyle. It's linked to us getting out of sync, out of connection with nature. When we look at bees, I had somebody message the other day that they were really worried about global warming because the bees were flying. It was winter, you know, it's a, a January day and they saw bees flying and they're going, this isn't right. This can't be right. Now, actually, watching bees and observing bees, they do go through cycles. And yes, if we had three or six months of snow or cold weather, and if the bees have got enough honey, they would go into torpor and they wouldn't come out. They'd stay in their hive. As bees died, they dropped to the bottom of the hive. They would slowly de decompose. And then when you get the first warm weather, the bees would start coming out, carrying out any debris, carrying out any dead bodies, and then they would start to fly. But we've always had winters where we'll have a few weeks of cold weather, a few weeks of warmer weather, and maybe it's mild and, and wet. And admittedly, we do not went, want a mild, wet winter because the mild temperatures prevent the bees from going into a deep sleep and the wet weather prevents them from flying. Now, bees will not soil inside the hive. So even if it's deep snow and they're in torpor, they won't actually defecate inside the hive. And so when you get that first bit of warmer weather or sunshine, the bees will leave the hive to empty their bladders. So this is normal. So if you see honeybees flying around or if you see bumblebees, they're coming out, they're enjoying the sunshine. They're thinking, right, we can do a bit of housework. We can cleanse our bodies and we can cleanse our home. And this is a really important thing to do through the winter months. So it's not unusual. It's not wrong. It's just what is. However, if we're going to get more mild winters and um, a longer season without cold weather, so the bees are not able to go into torpor, 
then we need to think about what have we got to feed them? Because every time they fly, every time they leave their hive, they're using fuel and that fuel needs to be replaced. So either with the honey they've already got in their hive or they need more nectar sources. So if you're worrying about bees and their immune system, just have a look around, you know, have a look around your garden now in January and thinking what's in flower. If the bees are flying today, if it's warmer, what could they feed from? I have a large bush of rosemary and that's really good for winter um, blossom. So if it is warm enough, the rosemary will secrete some nectar and my bees will be all over it. I also have got lots of hazel hedges and alder and they produce catkins which have pollen so there is there is something here for the bees so getting back to our immune system and grief so if somebody is grieving and we really want to support their immune system if we can get them outside and get them some sunshine that will really help get some fresh air get some exercise because it gets the body moving it's exercising your immune system but there are a lot of things we can do or eat to support the immune system, just the same as the bees. So the bees, to have a healthy immune system, they'll have their honey. And this is why it's so important that bees are fed honey, because honey is anti-inflammatory. And when you have inflammation, it's because your body is trying to fight some pathogens or the bee's body is trying to fight some pathogens. And so the inflammation is where more and more of these antibody cells, your immune cells, are trying to fight the pathogen. So that's what inflammation is. So you want to prevent the inflammation in the first place. You want to prevent pathogens getting in. And if they get in, you want to make sure that you've got big, fit, strong, healthy immune cells that are going to terrify any kind of pathogen, virus, bacteria, anything that's coming in the body that you don't want. So there are things you can do and nature provides. This is what I love. So honey is just your go-to. Honey is anti-inflammatory. It's antibacterial. It will kill bacteria. And it's very different to sugar. Something that really, really irritates me is when people, particularly beekeepers, say sugar and honey are just the same. So it's no problem feeding bees sugar all through the winter months. It is a problem because sugar causes inflammation. Sugar feeds bacteria. It feeds pathogens. So if your bees go into winter on a diet of sugar, and if there are any pathogens inside that hive, if they've got any vulnerability, they're not going to be able to fight it. And so I believe that feeding sugar is one of the biggest causes of bees not overcoming varroa, not overcoming all these different conditions that bees are suffering from. Think about yourself. If you've got a child who's sick and or even you just have children or a husband or family and you fed them white sugar from August to April, when the flu season comes, when they get run down, how healthy do you think they're going to be? How do you think they're going to be able to fight those pathogens? They're not at all. It makes perfect sense to us. So why do we think that sugar is suddenly going to be healthy for bees? Now, one of the most powerful things that we can have, particularly in the UK, is elderberries. Now, the elderflower blooms in the sort of mid-spring, so April, early May, and we can use the elderflower to make cordials, to make um, teas. Um, it's, it's just an amazing thing. And it is used to help with anti-inflammatory conditions like hay fever. So the elderflowers are really good. They're a, a great source of pollen as well for the bees. But 
if you leave the flowers on there or some of the flowers on there, come the autumn, you're going to get the elderberries. And these are really dark. Now, in the northern hemisphere and particularly in northern Europe, dark fruits are going to be rich in vitamin C. So black currants, blackberries, elderberries, these are all fruits that have fully ripened in our climate. They've absorbed the maximum amount of vitamin C. And vitamin C is a great, great vitamin to support your immune system. So if you can get elderberries, blackberries, black currants, think about Ribena. I know it's got sugar in, but Ribena would often be used as a really good um, soothing drink if you have flu, just to have that added vitamin C. So elderberries are just wonderful. And each year I collect as many elderberries as I can. I make them into a, a puree. Um, sometimes I'll just freeze them so then I can add them to casseroles through the winter months. But if I can um, cook them down into a bit of a puree and then strain it and make a syrup, and that syrup is just amazing. You can just take a few teaspoons of elderberry syrup and that's great. Again, it's got sugar in, but the sugar is used as a preservative and it's sort of offset. Now, the other thing you can do is make an elderberry tincture. So you can saturate your elderberries in alcohol and that will make a tincture which you could just take as little drops. Alternatively, I am so excited because... I have been taking some products by um, Unbelievable Health, and there's this um, immune formula daily defense tablet called um, Be Prepared, and it's just a daily tablet. Now, this comes from Unbelievable Health, and what I'm so excited about is we are now collaborating. So Unbelievable Health is supporting my, they're sponsoring my podcast. So it's what's particularly good is, we have so many shared values. I take these products, my B team take the products, my family take the products, and they really are good. So what I love about the Daily Defense Immune Formula is it contains propolis and it contains elderberry amongst many other magical ingredients. So you don't need to be thinking, oh, I didn't pick any elderberries last year, or I haven't got a hive where I can take some propolis. You can actually just take these. So we're um, doing a collaboration. We'll have a special offer. So have a look in the notes um, below. But you can get your own, um, you know, opportunity to try these for yourself. I'm also running a competition as well so that if you follow my podcast, you could actually win a year's supply of honey from me and a brilliant selection of the unbelievable health immune products and their health products. So they have sleep, they have energy, they have some super max strong immune boosters. So you can win all of that. And all you have to do is listen to the podcast and then write a review saying which is your favorite episode and why. And then take a screenshot of your review and just email it to us or DM it to me. Just get it to me somehow so I know who it's come from. Email is probably the best. So be at paulacarnell.com. So email a screenshot of your review and then you'll go into a hat and then um, someone will win this incredible hamper. So it's really important to me that not only the bees have a strong, healthy immune system, but we do too. And I've learned a lot about my own immune system from watching the bees. And 
I think we can all learn about our immune system from watching the bees. So do what you can to support your immune system. Get outside, get the sunshine. I've got loads of other episodes about things that will really help give you a strong immune system. But really think about your inner army. What are you doing to support them? What pathogens are you adding to their strain? What things, and you know what's not good for you. What are you eating, drinking, spraying, putting in your body, putting in your environment that is weakening your inner army? And let's go into 2024, really boosting our immune system, really boosting and supporting our own army so that we don't become part of the long queues in the hospitals or at the doctor's clinics going, what's wrong with my body? Our body can fight an awful lot, but we need to feed our armies. So I'm going to have lots of episodes about different things you can do to support your immune system. But I just wanted to give you a bit of an idea about how your immune system works and what you can do to help. And also to announce just how exciting it is that we've got such a great product that's available to all of us and we can support our immune system through the winter. Now, even though I'm healthy, I take one of these every day. I take a Be Prepared Daily Defence. I found them really good through the summer when I travel. And then there's the maximum strength one. So if I'm going somewhere like a big conference, there's lots of people from all around the world, then I'll take the extra strength so that my inner army is strong enough to protect me from any kind of pathogen from anywhere in the world. If it comes into my body, my body goes, you're not coming near her. So make sure you support your immune system and, um, Thank you very much for listening. So have a have a look through which were your favorite episodes and why. Write a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on and then share the screenshot of your review. And then you could be in for winning an amazing hamper. Thanks very much for listening. And until next time, keep creating a buzz about health. I love that you've been listening to my podcast. Thank you so much. I am delighted to have the wonderful Bee Brook helping me with editing and um, producing this podcast. So if you've enjoyed it, do share it around and connect with me on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, and my website. So thank you very much and bye for now. You have to become yourself. Join us Open next time on heart. Creating a Buzz Open About Health heart. podcast with Paula Carnell. Buzz you later.